Hello, everyone, and welcome to a long-delayed episode of The Gap. I'm your host, Matt, a.k.a. Legion Rex, and today is going to be a little bit different because of situations and circumstances that were out of my control. Uh, my show co-host, Shane, is here, but only for one section. He's going to be here for the uh, via archive audio in the uh, section where we talk about our featured anime of the podcast. Uh... I'll explain more in detail in a little bit, but also with me, I have our guests uh, today with me. I have Spencer. How are you doing today, Spencer? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Aside from the whole technical snafu that happened, I feel like maybe we can, you know, spice this up a little bit, give them something different. Yeah, you know, this is going to be an in- this is going to be an interesting, uh, interesting uh, experiment. Maybe the uh, hopefully this works. And also with me, I have somebody who uh, is brand new to the podcast, brand new to anime in general, and I hope that he becomes a reoccurring uh, guest on the podcast at some point. It's Adam. Hello. How are you doing today, Adam? There is seven hours and 37 minutes until the new Kane album. I'm baiting this episode. Well, the second, the, this part of the episode, whatever oh. we're doing, I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah you uh, you're baiting the, the, re- the six viewers what's going on here. You're dating the the uh, re-record of the audio for this. Yes, episode. exactly. Yeah, you're dating the. Re- okay, so what happened was this audio, this uh, the original version of this podcast was recorded around two weeks ago on May on uh, May 11th. That's when it was recorded, and we were in. Uh, it was May 18th. Okay, it was it was May, it was a couple weeks ago, and we uh, it, everything was fine. Until it wasn't fine, and then it turns out my audio got corrupted, and I don't know how it happened. Some bullshit, stupid, uh, computer nonsense. Uh, the audio was un—I was unable to save the audio. So essentially, we have to re-record the episode, not in its entirety, but at least the the majority of it. So the majority of the podcast you are currently listening to is a re-recorded. Uh, po- uh, like arc slash archived podcast that was going up the same day as another as the full as the full length episode that you'll see on the uh, which is episode ten. Now, hopefully, this goes well, and I'm pretty sure it will because uh, the less because no because uh, Shane uh, Shane's audio everyone else's audio was completely intact so i can so in so in essence what you what you're about to be listening to is either going to be a you're not going to be able to t- pay uh, not, not going to be able to tell that it's uh, an amalgamation or it's going to be a frankenstein monster and could be completely it could be a be completely garbage other way otherwise this episode is out and i hope you enjoy it nevertheless so with uh, that psa out of the way let's get started with our normal normal structure so uh spencer yeah what have you been watching recently in terms of simulcasts um recently i've been watching uh and it's, it's changed ironically because like i caught up on all stuff i've been watching um dances with the dragons we're gonna go more yeah yeah we're gonna go more into detail about it on uh, the next on uh, epi- on the next episode but uh briefly let's briefly go yeah. over it so that way Briefly, uh, I've been watching Dances with the Dragons, I've been watching Magical Girl Ore, and I've been watching Comic Girls. Those are the three I've been uh, caught up on. Uh, Dances with the Dragons continues to, in my opinion, actually be a good show. Definitely won't be a 10. At this point, the highest they can get, if it sticks to the landing, will be an 8. Um, it's still, it's actually good. The dub's out, if you want to watch the dub. Um, um, Magical Girl Ore is in the home stretch, and oh boy, is it getting great! Like, nice. And Comic Girls continues to do what Comic Girls does best, and basically just um, be adorable. And my hero is my hero, and Adam will probably talk more about my hero. Yeah, we'll talk about my hero in a bit, but let's. Uh... Spencer, I actually want to talk about with you one specific show in particular. I want to talk about Kataro. And let's, you I know want to what? talk about... Let's talk about Gigigino Kitaro. I want to talk about Kitaro because I want... It, because it's one of... It's the show, I think... It's the show that most... That this season, I was the... I, I had no interest in Kitaro before. 
uh, before I watched the first episode. Like, I had no interest in watching it. Um, but I will admit there have been times in my life that I've been very wrong. This is one of those times. This is a great show. Kataro is pretty fantastic uh, across the board uh, so, so far. I think, and I'll get. I'll, I think Spencer will agree with me here that the show. I don't know if the show can hold fifty plus episodes like they're planning, but as right as of right now, the show is pretty consistently great. There, there's like you said, some people like you might have found that the last episode was kind of eh. I thought the concept was interesting, but also yeah, it was kind of meh. But this could definitely hold its own for twelve episodes. It could definitely hold its own as for twenty-five. But once you get past the twenty-five to thirty episode mark, I have a, I I really want this anime to do really good because it's outstanding in what it does. Yeah, it does. I do think that they, I, I, they played it smart in the early episodes. They do have what looks like an overarching like plot at the very least mm-hmm. that that reaps its head every once in a while. So I do think that it does have the chance to actually like be longer, like 50, 50 plus episodes if they pace it correctly. Which so far I have no problems with anything. Plus. The thing is, is that the show is so mired in creativity, and there's so much like this, passion put into it. This anime made me cry. There's a lot of things that make you cry. Yeah. Yes, too, but, but even my for, for, cry at like anything. So this should not see. Be no, like, like okay, I agree with movies, but in anime, I actually don't cry that much. But sure, episode okay. six was a genuine emotional gut punch tearjerker, and it was legitimately outstanding. And then it was followed by. Uh, Arguably, an equal pace but different toned episode with a more horror base. Like, Kitaro is. That's my favorite one. Episode 7? In thinking about it, I think episode 7 might be my favorite. Like, they, like a lesser show would not pull the balls of this episode. That episode. That, that, that episode's fucking scary, dude. That's a sca- legitimately scary episode. That episode like, it's was... one of those... Yeah, it was legitimately... Genuinely, genuinely spooky. And I think, overall, 6 and 7 might be my favorite episode to Kitaro so far. Um, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a toss-up. It's a both coin flip. really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a... They do, um... They do like a, they do emotional stuff really well, and they do the scary ghost mm-hmm. stuff really well. Yeah. And again, there's other stuff this season. We'll go. Um, uh, we'll go more into some of the other stuff tomorrow. Next episode, yeah, uh, tomorrow. Next episode. Tomorrow. Next episode. With, uh, to, uh, because uh, now we're gonna go into Darling. Um, oh God. Uh, that's the sad, tragic fate of Darling. We'll get into that next, next episode. episode. We'll get back in, in next episode. But I want to. As, uh, I want to talk about some My Hero with Adam. Adam, this is so, your time to Adam. shine. Oh, boy. My Let's, Hero. Before we, we talk about My Hero, uh, I should let the uh, the viewers, however many there are going to be here, that I am an anime expert. I have watched all the anime. I've watched Cory in the House. I've watched yes. Pokemon. I've watched, like, <laughs> yes. Drake and Josh. I've watched all the anime. Yes. I've watched all them the all. anime. Even some obscure ones, like That's So Raven. Exactly, yeah. I've seen... Maybe Zoe 101, that's not the best, but it's still up there. But, no. In all seriousness, uh, My Hero, and especially Season 2, that's probably some of the most entertaining entertainment uh, I've seen in a long time. Like, there's certain, you know, things I put on pillars of what is great. There's, you know, Mad Max, and there's at least Fury Road. There's, you know, Halo and all that stuff. And in the anime corner, there is One Punch, and there's My Hero Season 2, and hopefully My Hero Season 3. So far, it's been that good. So far, Season 3 has been that good. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's been really fucking it's great. It's been something I, very special. I've found myself falling behind because I'm a loser and I'm disgraceful to the entire country of Japan. But, you know, the parts I've seen, they're all... Uh, spectacular. Like, I'm fully hooked. I like the characters. They do such a good job of writing the characters that even with limited screen time, you still understand their motivations and you still like them. And 
that's not an easy thing to do. It sounds easy, but doing that balancing act with like 20 plus characters is incredibly tough. Not that I would know, but I'd know. <laughs> because I'm bad at writing it. I think one of the best things about my heroes, like you said, is how they balance characters. But at the same time, like I think the one of the things about it is that that I think separates it from a lot of other shonen of its like is the fact that unlike other shonen characters, is that they spend a lot of time giving you like it, they spend a lot of time on develop uh, on like like shonen. What they they always like the big powerful godlike battles and like the power-ups and stuff my hero doesn't necessarily do all that it i mean yes characters do get more powerful obviously but like it's it feels more n like a natural progression of abilities than it does like oh now i have uh, uh some power up out of my ass to fucking defeat the ultra powerful villain and here it's more like when characters go past their limits like they normally do it fucks them up and it's a and it's and uh they the show makes it a repeated attempt to tell the audience that yeah the the bat the things that these characters are doing then it's not good they shouldn't be doing half of this shit and i i appreciate the i appreciate that the show has the bluntness to like just sometimes say like yeah the character's fucked now congratulations yeah. yeah, uh what what my hero does incredibly well is exactly that. Is it gives actual state stakes to what these people do. Like Deku fucks up his arms and his legs every time he uses his quirk because he can't control it. Um Ida can use his re reciprocal burst, but it burns his engines and it, it fucks with his legs. So like everybody that does things has an actual like they could be super powerful, but there's an equally powerful negative, like Tokoyami in his shadow. Fucking the show's just great overall, and I'm so ha and I'm really happy that the sh that the show is that that manga is being adapted as well as it is. And let us hope that Bones keeps that keeps doing that for like the infinite number of seasons that it's amount that is probably going to get. Yeah, exactly. So, if if for whatever reason you haven't seen My Hero, uh, watch it. It's 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 very good. You're gonna enjoy yourself, and you're gonna enjoy it. Yeah, it is. You can you can. Yeah, it is very 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 you good. Can take, you uh, can take an anime with, expert's okay, so, word on that. The dude who's watched approximately nine actual uh, animes. <laughs> In his life, <laughs> the anime, the anime expert Adam. Yes, that is good. That is going to be Adam's uh, no role now no. in the in the Absolutely podcast. Absolutely not. Will be I'm, the anime expert. I'm the communist guy. That's what I am. The communist guy. All right. That that sound that 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 that, wor that works as just as well. All right. So, and with that, uh, we're pretty much done talking about. Or the simulcast stuff again. Not much to talk about. We're in the middle of the season, so unless there's some game changer of an episode in a, in a show, not really much to talk about outside of uh, outside of the standard stuff. So we got some news stories we want to cover. This is uh, uh, we got three news stories from a couple weeks ago that were, that uh, that we want to uh, discuss with us. Uh, discuss. Uh, just a second. I'll be back. Yeah. Amateurs, Spencer. Amateurs. No, I, have stuff to do. I know. I apologize for that. That will be cut. Yeah, me, me and Spencer were were complimenting you behind your back, and we weren't calling you an amateur in the slightest. He w totally weren't. Okay, wonderful. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right. No. Okay. And. So we have some uh, news stories of you that uh, from a couple weeks ago that we're gonna cover. Uh, the first one is involving a little franchise called a uh, franchise, little known franchise. You may not have heard of it. It's called Digimon. Um, what's uh, a, and, what's uh, a Digimon? What is a Digimon? Is it a Pokemon? Um, hmm. Is it the, a uh, digital monster? Uh, no, but the uh, the final Digimon Adventure Tri film premiered in. 
Japan from about uh, a couple weeks ago, and of course with the with uh, with the end of one series must come the beginning of another. And the official Twitter account, the Digimon Adventure Tri Anime Film Project, announced that a new project in the Digimon franchise. Uh, uh, will begin sometime in the near future. The account tweeted an image of Agumon, and the text, The adventure evolves again. A new project starts. No other word has been said on what exactly this is. Is it a, uh, is it a sequel to Try? Is it a brand new uh, Digimon series in the vein of, in the, in the classic vein of the previous shows? Is it a, se- is, is it the uh, highly, uh, highly rumored sequel to Tamers that has been floating around for recently. Who knows? Who knows what the fuck it is? is it gonna Spencer, be you're the only one out here. Of Digimon, the dark, the dark and gritty reboot of Digimon. That was Tamers. Yeah, see, that's um, called so Tamers. That already exists. That already exists. I don't watch Digimon. So... Pokemon guy. Don't, don't uh, uh, yeah, so Digimon obviously nonsense. Spencer and I are the only two people in the universe right now who care about Digimon. Now there's a couple mm. others. Uh, so Spencer. You can be uh, nice, so Spencer. <laughs> yeah, what's up, buddy? Yeah, Spencer, uh, have you seen Digimon Adventure Try? Uh, uh, to uh, give you uh, so we can give some context to the FPP, to the wonderful people listening. Have you seen I, Digimon Adventure Try? I have not seen Adventure Try. I've seen fucking everything up to it, but I've yet to finish Try. Yeah, it's not done yet over here, so. Pretty much, I've been so that's why you haven't finished it, but I've seen it. But, uh, it's, uh, no, uh, all you need to know is that it's pretty much a seek, it's a sequel to the first season that ignores the garbage second season. That's all you need to know about it. Um, and it, no, uh, but, Spencer, I want your take on that, uh, take on some, take on this because I want you, because, uh, the thing I want to focus on is that this big, there's rumors going around that it might be the long, that they because there's been rumors that a sequel to Tamers has been ha- going to happen for years, and th- that there's rumors that this one might be it. Um, Spencer, what do you, would you want a sequel to Tamers? Um, long and short, yes, I would love a sequel to Tamers. Tamers is actually one of my, if not my favorite uh, season or series they've done. Uh. You're saying. Uh, Adam was talking about the whole dark and gritty D- Digimon, and Tamers was the dark and gritty Digimon. It it took a lot of the uh, themes and kind of made them more adult and expanded upon them. And this it, sequel's been in the works for a while, and, the, and all the headlines and all the uh, quiet under-speakings of the Digimon community... And frankly, if it was a Tamer sequel, I would be incredibly excited and very, very happy. I mean, right now, I give it like a like a forty five percent chance of it being a sequel to Tamers. But I mean, Algamon is in the fucking logo, exactly. And so, like, it's I'm pretty. It's either a sequel to Try, or it's a or it's Tamers. It can't be anything else. Mm-hmm. So. Or they're trolling, or they're trolling us. Wouldn't that could also be yeah. a possibility. That could also be. A Who knows? Maybe it's a sequel to Fusion. Um, and if it is a sequel to Fusion, ew. Yeah, um, that's why. When you get my audio, I very quietly go up to the microphone and go. Uh. Uh, yeah, exactly. Alright, but yeah, that's happening. Uh, Digimon is like is like did Pokemon, and that's a franchise that just doesn't die. So like we're gonna probably see we're gonna see Digimon stuff until the day of our inevitable demise. So we're just gonna have to wait and see about that. In other news, uh, some just a second, fucking hell. Yeah. Amateurs. Cut. Okay. We're we're cutting all this shit. Let's let's let's, let's go. Scoop de whoop. Poop de scoop de whoop. Whoop de scoop. I told my parents to shut the. I told my parents <laughs> to shut up. So now they won't bother me. Right. Okay. So let's try this again. And action. 
In other news, uh, news that I'm pretty sure Adam would appreciate far more than Digimon news, Viz Media has licensed One Punch Man Season 2 for release in North America. Viz Media announced on Wednesday that it has acquired the master license to the upcoming second anime season based on One and Yusuke Murata's One Punch Man manga. The license covers digital streaming, TV broadcasts, electronic cell-through, home media, and merchandising rights throughout North America, Latin America, and Oceania. Uh, the same, we have this, uh, the director for several episodes of Naruto Shippuden, a also best known for the fights uh, between Kakashi and Obito and Naruto and Sasuke, will be directing the season of One Punch Man at JC staff as opposed to Madhouse. And, but uh, outside of that, the rest of the staff and cast will be returning for the season. So, Adam, tell the wonderful people at home how you feel about One Punch Man. I'm very excited for the next season because the first season was, uh, I, I don't, I don't, know what other adjectives to use to describe it besides amazing but and and you've heard everyone else give it a 9 or a 10 if you're if you're this far into anime youtube you've probably seen all the reviews about one punch man you've seen everyone telling you to go watch one punch man and so you've probably come with the conclusion that one punch man's a very very good show so i really don't have to remind you one punch man is yeah, so I don't have to remind you that One Punch Man is a good show. Because you already know that. But I'm dumb, and I don't watch anime. So this is good news for me, because One Punch Man was uh, fantastic. It was like the third or fourth thing I watched when I finally got into anime. I'm going to I'm gonna tell the story, if you don't mind now, about how I got into this this stupid world called anime. It's gonna... Tell me how you became a weeb. Uh, I'm... So, I became a man obsessed with the Tokugawa Shogunate uh, after uh, a severely uh, crippling depression-related episode brought on by Tom Brady. We can, we can blame mm. Tom Brady. Touchdown mm. Tom Brady. We counted him out once again. I counted him out, at least. And then he, he broke my heart and beat the Jaguars, who aren't even my team, in the AFC uh, Finals in, like, January. And I was sad enough to be like, someone give me something to watch. I'm very sad. I need help. So people are like, watch Violet Evergarden. And people weren't like that. I was like that because Matt was watching it, and he said it's very good. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch it. And... Me watching Violet Evergarden uh, took me on a path that brought me to Bakuno, which was uh, what Spencer recommended, which then mm -hmm. brought me to, yeah, obviously One Punch Man and uh, Attack on Titan and all the mainstream stuff. And it eventually brought me to here, where I'm talking about anime You're on a podcast. Mm -hmm. Which is hey, which is the ultimate weeb thing. I'm, this is also th this is a big first for you. This is your first sub anime. Yeah, uh, not not One uh, Punch, but the Blast of Tempest. Or this no, we'll get Tempest. we'll get into you know, yeah yeah we'll get into that in a in a second in a bit. Yeah, but uh, the thing the good thing is about this is that One Punch Man. Uh, it's with season, his, the season two is finally happening, and from what I understand, the first episode will be premiering in at a Japanese event in August, like at a con. So the first episode is pretty is pretty much done, which means season two is probably more than halfway into production, which means that it's pretty much almost done. So it's so airing. It will be airing very very soon, um, and vis and which means that we should be able to get it. My only worry is that One Punch Man was not on was not on Netflix or Crunchyroll when it originally premiered it was on Daisuke which no longer exists so either One Punch Man is going to be moving over to Crunchyroll which I think is the more likely possibility or and here's what I actually think is going to happen and I don't and what I might what I might think also happened and I don't want this to happen it's going to be a exclusive they're going to wait until it's done in Japan and then put it on Netflix. Mm. Which, I don't want that, because I want One Punch. So, in any case, though, we are going to get it. 
which is good. Yep, and it's being licensed by Viz, and Viz licenses good stuff. So yeah, they had the, they got the first season, so they yeah. got the first season a while back. So this is not the so it's kind of expected they get it, but it's good to know that they actually do have it now. Mm-hmm. All right, the next story um, that we're gonna that we're gonna be co- uh, the covering is gonna uh, is going to um, is going to be something about a. Uh, it's going to be Dragon Ball related, so we'll bring in Shane from the Grave to talk about it uh, from through Art the Power of Archive Audio. But before we do that, uh, let's cover the actual story itself. Uh, if you need more Dragon Ball in life, then you can look forward to this July. In just a couple of months, the franchise will make a rather unexpected comeback as a super short anime spinoff will go live. Toy Animation is slated to release a new anime titled Dragon Ball Heroes, and the very first synopsis of the show has been released. Um, uh, uh, without go- and for a basic too long didn't read rundown, the show is a what if story involving several characters from across the Dragon Ball timeline, and it's going to be an anime promoting the upcoming mobile game Dragon Ball Heroes. All right, so Shane from the grave itself, what do you think of Dragon Ball Heroes, and what are you expecting from it? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, the whole deal with Dragon Ball Heroes is what Matt says, a huge what-if scenario. So you can literally do anything in this universe, and it makes sense. Because the whole point is that it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Here's the thing, if you've ever seen the, the Heroes cutscenes on YouTube, that's basically just going to be this show, and I can't wait to watch SS4 Broly fight Super Ultra Instinct Gogito. In the final climactic battle against Golden Mecha Frieza. All right, what what insightful opinions from Beyond the Grave Shane has given us? From what? So I'm Spencer, gathering. you know a little bit about Dragon Ball. I right? do. I, I watched all of the original. All the original, none of Z, none of anything else. Nope. But I watched all of the original. Are you going to be watching this? Uh, probably. I mean, I'm a pretty big fan of What If scenarios, uh, so you give me that, you give me, like, a bunch of Dragon Ball characters that I can point at and go, oh, look, it's him, or her, or them, uh, I'm all for it. I mean, you get to see, uh, Super Saiyan, uh, you get to see, uh, Super Saiyan, uh, 4 Goku again, which is nice, and you get to see Golden Cooler. Was Super Saiyan 4 Goku, that, that, that was the red one, right, from GT? That was, that was the one in G, yeah, the, like, the one that was, like, mix of, like, Osaru and it had like the more had like the more like the monkey aspects yep, yep, from yep. Uh, the dra- from early Dragon Ball. Yeah, it's that. I'm that excited. One. So he'll be he'll be yeah he'll be back and as Golden Cooler too. Well, um, Cooler is Freeze's brother. Non his non-canon brother, yeah. Okay. Who doesn't actually exist um, okay. in the canon, but uh. But uh, he was in two movies, so people like him for some reason. So, uh, Adam does not give two shits about Dragon Ball. No, from from so... what I'm able to gather, it's either uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z the anime, or it's it's Dragon Ball Fortnite. That's Dragon Ball Fortnite. It, it's pretty much Dragon Ball Fortnite. That sounds like uh... an interesting concept that I will not watch because Dragon Ball is like whatever to me. All I've seen of it is the abridged series, so that's all you need to know about me and Dragon Ball. I might give it a shot, though, if, if people say it's good, because... I mean, it, I mean, it is good. So, I mean, like, like the, the new series, it, not the old it, series. There's 18 trillion old episodes they gotta go back and watch to get that, so I'll just watch the new series, because I can ask Shane uh, who, who the fuck is who. I'm like, who's this dude with the pink hair? be like, oh, that's... Whoever he is, I don't know who he is. But Shane would know who he is because Shane uh, knows what Dragon Ball is, and I don't. But whatever, we'll see what happens. The guy with the pink hair, by the way, is Goku Black. That is his Super Saiyan Rose form. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dragon Ball is really stupid. That's all you need to know. Uh, but uh, okay. So, and with that, we are done. All of the news stories that we wish to cover today, and with that, we're going to be moving on to our. Featured anime of the podcast. Uh, it is it is it is one that uh, we got via the randomizer, and it shows that the randomizer is uh, it's not they're not always bad. It's not always bad. It's, uh, it's not always us, Nakaimo. Uh, 
It's not. Uh, it's not always Nakaimo. It does not always give us uh, garbage. Uh, it is a. No, it is an. It, uh, it is the action mystery psychological drama magic fantasy shonen anime. And yes, yes, it has all those genres attached to it. Blast of Tempest, directed by Masahiro Ando and written by Mari Okuda, uh, uh, created by Studio Bones. It aired for 24 episodes from October 5th, 2012, and to March 29th, 2013. It's currently and it is currently licensed by any place of America, and you can watch it through the links in the description on Crunchyroll for free. You do not need an account to watch it. It is completely 100% free for all viewers to watch. So, with that being said, we're gonna start with uh, we're gonna start with uh, Spencer here. Spencer, what are your thoughts on Blast of Tempest? My thoughts uh, on Blast of Tempest: A, as a huge fan of Shakespeare, and this show likes Shakespeare as much as I do. Particularly, it likes the plays of The Tempest and Hamlet. Um, this anime is not for everybody. Obviously, I'm going to put that out there right now. This anime is not for everybody. If you don't like Shakespeare and you don't like Shakespearean plots and tragedy slash comedy, then you're not going to like this anime. Like, that's simple. However, if you can get past that and take the story for what it is, it's such an interesting story that once you get to, like, episode 10 to 12, it just starts to enter Swerve Town, and it never looks back from Swerve Town. It's a genuinely good anime that, if it wasn't for the randomizer, I probably would never realize existed. Yeah, same. Uh, so, a Adam, you, this is the first. This is the first sub anime you have seen. What was your thoughts on Blast of Tempest as soon as you finished it? Uh, it's it's a show that is in Japanese now. Um, it was started really slow like the first seven episodes there's got to be a disclaimer that the first seven episodes are going to be uh slow with the exception of a couple fight scenes in between which are very good but episodes 8 to 12 kind of make these make the show basically because it's three dudes they're standing uh, on a hill, one of them has the high ground, like Obi Wan, but and they're just talking about stuff, and it's just talking, and it's them trying to outsmart each other, and it's great, it's gripping. It's like, how did you make seven episodes of just that, and yet you made this in four episodes, and then everything after that is, it's really good too. So, so episodes mm -hmm. one to seven with the, you know, the fight scene between. Um, I completely forgot their names. This was like three weeks ago, but M Mahiro and uh, Hanamura, yeah, I think what Matt is, said. Uh, Listen to him; yeah, he's smart. Guy. I'm, I'm an idiot, but that seemed really good. And you know, the the eight episodes, eight to twelve, really good. And everything after, you know, thirteen's great too. Um, yeah, it's really good. The la the last episodes are great. Um, the second half for the Shreetons is definitely a lot stronger than the first half, but overall, it's really good. The problem is, it just it needs a very long runway to take off. That's that's my plain metaphor. Hmm. All right, uh, and we're gonna bring Shane back from the grave uh, for for the, for this little this segment is the here. Resurrection magic. Uh, we're gonna be using Venom back from the grave. So Shane, uh, what did you think of Blast of Tempest after you first watched it? Well, unlike Adam, uh, I was I was in I was more like Spencer. I was interested in the show from the beginning because I didn't feel like everything before that chunk of episodes around episode eight was a drag. It actually got me interested in the show and the characters, um, mostly due to the presentation because fucking, like, the animation and the music and all that shit is just freaking stellar. Um, I, I agree with Adam that, to me, the Shakespeare crap comes off very pretentious. Um, 
And this is coming from a guy who really has zero interest in Shakespeare, unlike literally everyone else in this group right now. So, you know, when the, I agree with Adam, when they're just when a character just blurts out a fucking quote from Hamlet, and another character's like Hamlet again, I'm like, yeah, that's how I feel. Show, that's how I feel right now. Thank you for that wonderful insight. Uh, insight. Uh, next up, we're gonna be t- uh, so. Uh, with that, we're going to be going into our standard uh, segments of what we're going to be talking about. Of uh, talking about uh, like our favorite, our favorite characters, favorite episodes. Uh, let's start with with some of our fa- uh, favorite characters here. Uh, Spencer, who was your favorite character on the show? My favorite character in Blast Tempest would be. Oh, that's the roots. Uh. Not Mahiro, the other one. Yoshino? Yoshino? Wait. Yes, yes. Yes, Yoshino. Yes, Yoshino is my favorite character. Uh, because he's... He's kind of like your... Like your, um... Oh my god, your, uh... Fucking Christ, what's the guy from... Man, Spencer. I can't... Horatio? Thank you, I can't do this! I'm supposed to be the Shakespeare guy, and I forgot Horatio's name! Yeah. Ah! Spencer, Spencer, you are now listening to, on the podcast, Spencer's slow mental break. We are in the ah, closing okay. stages of Meltdown May. We have had a great month, and what it has to end, I'm Spencer. It is, it is May... Yeah, it's May 31st. Trust me, guys, we have not had a good month. No, so it's been great! It's been a spectacular month. <laughs> Okay, uh, bada bing, bada boom. Anyways, Yoshiro Tagakawa. He's the realest guy in the room. He's the realest guy in the room. How you doing? Uh, yeah, he's like the Horatio, which is like, uh, Hamlet's best friend, closest confidant. Except he is more of the thinky-thinky to, uh, my hero's punchy-punchy. Uh, throughout the entire anime, you have... Yoshino, who starts as a pretty, to be perfectly honest, boring character. He has this kind of, he has a love thing with Aika, who is Mahiro's quote-unquote sister, uh, quote-unquote stepsister. Um, but aside from that, he's like, he's, he's interesting, but he's not as interesting as Mahiro. But, once you get to uh, episode 19... It is episode 19, yes. can't believe I remember this stuff. Yeah, once you get to episode 19, he absolutely changes face. Because episode 19, everything is brought to, brought to the light. Because you have this character that throughout everything is kind of just thinking about different ways to solve this little problem. While Mahiro is so focused on Aika and um, her death, Yoshino's like, no, I'm going to think. And one scene in, actually it's episode 18 of one-off, completely makes his character where he's just allowed to show emotion and just be a person. And it's such a breath of fresh air in anime to see that moment captured so incredibly well. And that's why Yoshino is my favorite character. Well said. Adam, who is your favorite character in uh, in Blast of Tempest? My favorite is Hanamura. I think I'm saying his name right. Yeah, it's, it's Hanamura. Yes, you are. He is... Um, yeah, he's he's initially introduced in the second half of the uh, of the season or the the show basically. So there's only one season, even though there should have been two. But you know, for a character who was only in half of the season, uh, he's doubly good compared to the rest, at least in, you know, in, in my opinion, um, because he's kind of like. The chosen one, except he's definitely not ready to be the chosen one. He's like, you know, I'm kind of spoiling the show, but you know, I'm not spoiling the show because it's like, oh, it's it's episode 15 or whatever it is that he gets 
told he's like the chosen one, but he is extremely not ready both physically and mentally and emotionally. Uh, and he's very much like me if I were suddenly told I had special secret powers that were meant to save the world and now I gotta save the world from an evil tree that wants to take over the world and do things with the world. Evil tree things, I think. I don't, I don't know what the tree's motivation was, but yeah, that's that's, that's it, it exists. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. we'll get into the tree's motive. We'll get into the tree's stuff later because that's a uh, that's mm, it's, uh, but it's uh, bad. yeah, <laughs> so good. yeah, so it's not good. Mm-mm. But uh, Hanamura, yeah, but Hanamura is a great character. So he uh, he is a very 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 fun character to be around. Hanamura is a fun character in which he's like exactly what uh, Adam Stockville, where he's like he's these powers are thrust upon him. Until he gets sick and tired of hearing Yoshino and Mahiro just accept fate, that he like mm-hmm. basically he almost murders Yoshino and he almost and he fucking throws Mahiro into a goddamn desk. Like he just snaps and has like these super strength and he's like, "Will you just shut up, both of you, and just change your fate?" Hanamura is a uh, Hanamura is a uh, is a uh, is a metaphor for all of the high school students who are forced to read Shakespeare in class. That's yeah, me. Because they're just looking at all the characters, going like, "Just do something else. Just stop." Othello is like, uh, "Just talk to her. Talk to Desdemona. The story's over. Iago loses." Uh, but uh. But yeah, uh, my personal favorite character of the show is none other than the best girl in the show, Hakaze. Of course, of course yeah. it would uh, be. Who's also no, the leader, uh, the, the, the leader of the Kurosabe clan, and the and the magician and the and the magician of Genesis. Uh, I love this character not just because she is best girl, which she is, but she's also. But one of the things I love about Hakaze is that she, no, is that. She, uh, is that she? I think mo- uh, compared is that she goes through like the largest development of uh, uh, from for most of the cast. Uh, her care, her character goes from being kind of this ki- slightly arrogant, kind of self-centered uh, like princess who believes that she is like one always one hundred percent in the right to this. Uh, to uh, to trying to adapt to being just a normal teenage girl. Uh, for all her life, she was this like this, she was this uh, she's basically, she's basically revered uh, by this clan, and then suddenly now she's and then suddenly now she's thrust into a, a situation where she's not that, and it's an interesting to see how her character deals deals with or deals with that. Um, and it doesn't. It also doesn't help. It also helps that she is based on one of my all-time favorite Shakespeare characters, and that's Prospero, mm-hmm. Tempest. I love uh, Prospero, uh, and she. And uh, while her character is vastly different from Prospero, um, uh, her she uh, she embodies some of the more similar traits. She's a she's a mage. She uh, she's kind of ar- she's arrogant. Um, uh, she's stuck. She's stuck on an island for one half of the. Sh- she's stuck on an island for half the show, um, and I do find it very, very, uh, very, very uh, fascinating from a writing level and how they were able to give her a lot of development, and you know, the same amount of development while also have her basically stuck in one place for like half the series. Um, but yeah, overall, I just really, really like Akaze as a character, and I'm pretty sure Shane would agree with us. Uh, Hakaze moving on. Yeah, see, Sane agrees with me. Hakaze is the best character in the series. But I think we can all agree. I we don't need. I don't think we need Shane for this one because he agrees with us on this. The worst, worst character, character in Blast of Tempest is Tetsuma. Tetsuma is the worst character. He's literally a chauffeur. I need to say no more. Let's move on. <laughs> no, he's got an air attached. Yeah, that's that's one uh, thing about him. Yeah. 
Yeah, literally, I love... The, I, I just want to bring up that I love the Wikipedia article for this because it literally... His only... Uh, his, is that one of the, his defining traits on the Wikipedia page is that he has a tattoo of an arrow on his face. Like, that's actually one of his defining traits. I think that's hilarious that he's that boring. Oh my god, you're pointless. right. Here, uh, I'm going to quote it for those of you who aren't looking right now. <laughs> he went to the oh, wiki. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, I, I, I had a Wikipedia article. Quote, Samon's subordinate and mage... Uh, sorry, Sam, Samon's... Samon, how do they pronounce it? Samon. Samon's subordinate and mage of the Kurosabe clan. He is very smart and believes in the reason of the world. Because of this belief, he has a dislike of Hakaze, who defies reason as she is protected by the Triogenesis, period, quote, has a tattoo of an arrow on his face, end quote. <laughs> he, he, he's that boring of a character, uh, which, is f uh, which is funny because the guy who... Uh, because uh, the guy who voices him is the same guy who fucking vo uh, is the same guy who voices uh, fucking um uh, 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 uh Alleluia Hatism in Gundam Double O, and I love that character in Gundam. So like I was like, why did they? It's like what the fuck happened? But in any case, uh, oh, he also is the voice of uh, Kimberly in the Japanese version of Brotherhood. Really? Apparently. Okay. Well, you know. Yeah. Okay. You know, well, uh... What happened? So, uh... And that happened. Alright, so... Spencer, what's your favorite character... What's your favorite, uh, episode? I mean, My favorite episode is episode 18, The Dancing Princess, slash the ending of episode 17, Marine Snow, into episode most of 18. Uh... Basically, the, the basic premise of episode 17 is, uh... Megamu, which is, uh, Harmer's last name. Uh, the... Oh basically destroys branches of the tree of Genesis to basically do the whole mage of, uh, mage of Exodus. Exodus, thank you. I wanted to say something, but yeah, I would go into the, the tree shit that Adam doesn't like is the names. Um, and basically what happens at, at the end of it was Akaze, who's trying really hard to, um, keep these feelings that she's developing for Yoshino, um, to herself, she finally breaks down and is like, you know, I love you. And he's like, okay, so about that. And then he tells her um, about Aika. And a character who was basically told throughout the entire anime to not show emotion, to be the logical person for Mahiro to relax and stay calm, breaks down in tears. And finally gets to just let it out and it's that moment that humanizes the character and makes him more likable uh, and in the same breath episode 17 because they find out that Yoshino is dating Aika through the most through one of the funniest scenes in the entire anime where they're just trying to figure out through logic who y Yoshino is dating Oh, that, that, that was pretty funny. So, yeah. Uh, Adam, what's your favorite episode? Uh, of I had to go to Wikipedia and find the episode list just to figure out the names, but it's the back half of episode 20, which is Who Did It, and the majority of episode 21, which is Femme Fatale. So, Spencer used the term Swerve Town. Uh, Spencer, you're wrong. That's the wrong term. I'm going to call is it, it Swerve City. It's Swerve City. City. And those two, the, the back half of 20 and majority of 21, yep. take us straight into Swerve City. We're on the highway, and we're like, whoa, we missed the exit in the Swerve City. So we just turn off anyways and just go over the barriers and just land like upside down in it. So in episode 20, we figure out, well, 20 and 21 are based around how Ika dies, who's... Yoshino's old boy girlfriend and uh, who is Mahiro's like stepsister or something like that, some some weird like that. Stepsister, but yeah. we figure out that uh, Akia is like the prophesized Mage of Exodus, and she's like a full power Mage of Exodus, not like not like Hanamura who's like a bitch Mage of Exodus, but like Aika's like and like an actual like legit monster. Of like a magician lady, and then there's a really good fight in 21, and then we f they they figure out basically you know how she dies, 
which it's weird the time travel stuff kind of happens it's like it's like she died because Hakuze went back in time to tell her that she's going to die so she's like oh yes I must kill myself so you know it, it was a really good twist though because that was I was leaning towards it but it was either going to be Hakuze kills her or she does it herself so mm-hmm. yeah that episode's there also um you know a smaller uh, part of 21 but that big ass final Bosch tree of the ex- of the tree of Genesis appears in the ocean that's when it first appears and we're like whoa that's that's a fucking big tree that's that's an absolute it's a big, it's a really look big at tree. the big size tree. of that lad it's an absolute unit of a tree that's what I was like when I first saw it it's, it's absolute absolute unit uh my favorite episode of the show, though, it, it, it's a toss-up between episode 12 and said the from Felicity a while, because that episode was something. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I have to give it. I have to give it to the finale to each their own tale. Yep. I have to. I, I can't. I. I. It's very rare to me that the my the last episode is my favorite episode. But goddamn, Blast the Tempest fucking did it. They stuck that fucking landing. They. They, but they brought out all the stops for the final fight, but I think that what really made the last episode work was not the fight itself, but was everything after the fight. Like what it it, it wrapped everything up in a nice in, in a way that was like satisfying, but it also like it it was something that it let you wanting more, but at the same time you're like, yeah, I'm satisfied. I'm like fully. It's I'm fully uh I'm fully complete. I like I don't need more. If it, they never give me more, I'm fine. And the thing I loved about it specifically is the fact that the, the, the entire show is building towards, is this going to end in a tragedy? Is this going to end like Shakespeare's comedies? Like, which one is it going to end like? And it's constantly, and the show has this meta struggle, like, debating on which, how this show will end. And in, and in the end, they follow through with the name Tempest, and they end... Like with an unabashed, full happy ending. Everybody gets what they. Want. Everyone gets exactly what they want and what they need, and it's you feel really good after it. You feel like happy. It, it, it just you you end the series on like with the, like the happiest happiest note, and it and it's just it's abs it's it 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 leaves like it 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 in it doesn't like. Like a lot of shows, they try to end with like bittersweet or like like it's like a lot of like bad shit. But no, this one's just like nope. Everything, your life can be like that. I'm it was so happy for it. Uh, let's see if uh, Shane agrees with us. I have two to pick from because two uh, specific ones stand out in my mind. But I think in the end, I'm gonna have to go with episode 18, the Dancing Princess, because. In this episode, it really alters your perspective on Yoshino as a character. Because up until this point, he, he's he been really emotionally ambiguous. Like, you can tell he has good intentions, but he never really expresses what he's feeling in, like, a proper human way. So, in this episode, when he's finally forced to come to terms with Aika's death, and just he just snaps and like all of his pent up emotions just come out in this one burst. I was just sitting there. I'm like, yeah, Yoshino, you cry, boy, you deserve it. You feel those feelings. And it's like, he, he's clearly not a robot. He, he was just like penting up all this aggression and sadness inside of him. And then it finally just comes out. And I'm like, this is a break. This is like a breakthrough for your character. You can finally feel things. And then in the second half, there's that boss-ass action scene between Hakuze and Hanemura, where they're fighting uh, with the tree, and the animation is fucking incredible. And it's just, yeah, that that's definitely my favorite episode. Just because of that character moment for Yoshino and the boss-ass action scene in the second half. Alright, Shane does not agree what a, with what us, but loser. whatever. Shane's uh, allowed, he's, Shane's allowed he's, to not agree with us. Yeah. He's allowed to not get, I mean, he, he's pretty much, he's dead. I was, anyway. was going to say, he's so literally like, dead. He's dead. We yeah, bring his, him back from the grave every matter. once in a while just That's, to say something. It doesn't dead. matter what he thinks. Yeah. You know what? He just doesn't like Shakespeare, and he doesn't like happiness. I mean, I don't like Shakespeare either, Yeah, exactly. So I, I, your logic kind of falls apart there. 
Yes, but you like happiness. I do. I do like happiness because I don't experience it that often. I am a Toronto Raptors fan, which means I am mm. always sad at every waking mm. of the day. Yeah. There is some joy in there, uh, but it's usually just LeBron-related depression, and that's it. Let's move on for sports. We're going uh, to combine these two sections because I think that will be just easier for us. Uh, is there anything like bad, a neg- a positive or negative you wish to say about the show? Uh, in general, like outside of characters, episodes. So Spencer, what do you have? I want to say that of the animes that I've watched, which if I could get into my my anime list, because it's still down for maintenance. It's it's still down. down. I can show you that, or I I can tell you that I've given a lot of animes a lot of scores. This might not be a 10. I'm telling you it's not a 10. However, this was arguably one of the most happy and joyous endings to an anime I've ever watched. The music was great. The the storytelling, you know, the way it was actually told was fantastic. But the ending is what does it for me. Not since um, FMB Brotherhood have I watched an ending with a smile on my face because it was just so heartwarming to see everybody happy yeah, can we talk about how good the score is in this damn oh, yeah. show for a second uh because oh <laughs> i love the soundtrack in this show this is one of the best anime soundtracks i've listened to in a while and it makes sense considering who composed it it was michiru oshima who did work who did, who's best known for his work on full, the original Fullmetal alchemist which as we know, when when I cov- when me and Shane covered it back in uh, when uh, when we covered it back on the first on a early in, like an early gap, uh, we uh, both we heavily praised the music there. So and he also worked on the soundtrack for Twilight Princess. He worked on the soundtrack for Ico. The guy does fantastic, fantastic yeah. work. Uh, but this might be one of his best ones. Uh, I love how big it is. I love the uh, I love how it. It's very it, it it's it's very classical, but at the same time, it's also very modern. Like it doesn't it it it, it fits Shakespeare, but it doesn't. It's not afraid yeah. to like take modern ideas, like modern, very modern ideas on how to do soundtracks. Uh, the fight scenes are fantastic, even if they are far and few between. The show is it's an action show, but there's a surprise. There's not that much action in it. Uh, this is more for people interested. Just be warned that not as much action as you think there is in it. Um. It's very much a it's very much a talky talk heavy show, um, uh, but the action scenes that are there are fantastic. Um, I will say, the tree stuff is dumb. The tree stuff is uh, scary. It's, it's very it's, dumb. It's really dumb. Uh, it, it's it's exceptional. Should yeah, Matt's gonna explain it because he knows what he's talking about. It, it's easily the worst part of the show is the origins of the trees. So it turns out. And in the show, that the trees are put, we were put there by extraterrestrial beings, basically people out, it's people outside of Earth, as a test for humanity because humanity's gotten technologically advanced enough. Uh, so essentially, the trees are nothing more than al- are basically put there by aliens, and and uh, and uh, the trees itself, they're not, they don't have any motivations, they don't do anything. What do the trees do? They exist. That's what the trees do. They just exist, and they're there, and they just kind of... They just kind of... They just cause problems with people. And I, I think... I Honestly, I think the show could have benefited from not even trying to explain where the trees come from. They just exist. But no, they actually spent... They spent a little too much time trying to, like, explain where they came from. And I think that's a problem with anime as a whole is that they try to over-explain everything. But that's another conversation for another time. Spencer, is there anything in particular that pissed you off in the show? Uh, it was just the tree stuff. And even then, I wasn't pissed off. But I would have been incredibly happy had they just been like... Trees are here. That's it. Done. Finish it. Because w- when you started to explain uh, that, it lost all of its luster and all of its ability to be something kind of interesting when you explain it as aliens. Like, Indiana Jones tried to do it, and it failed. What makes you think you can do it? Uh, uh, there's a lot of reasons why that didn't work there, but yeah, uh, that's, that's beyond different... that. But 
Yeah, but uh, but uh, that's another that's another conversation for another time. Uh, Adam, is uh, there something? Uh, is there anything else in particular that you um, liked or pissed you off? I can go off about random? the names of the trees for a while, but I'll keep it short as I can. Uh, the names of the trees are dumb. Like Genesis, the tree of Genesis makes sense because you know it's the start, but. Why would you name the tree the tree of Exodus? The only thing those two books of the Bible have in common is that they're next to each other. Why wouldn't you call the second tree the tree of Revelation? Like, it just makes thematic sense. It's, it works. That's why every anime translator should hire me. I'm the best. No, uh, but besides the tree-related nonsense, the only really aggravating part of the show was, like, obviously the first seven episodes. They're just so aggressively slow that's hard to do but it's just it's not even like building up to anything it's to the point where episode 8 came out of surprise like it's just slow and tedious it just kind of just like you know by by episode 5 or 6 I didn't really want to watch the show anymore um, which would have been a mistake because I would have missed out on a good show but that's the big problem with the show that I had, at least. It's just that it takes so long to get going and get good. Alright. Uh, but, uh, I think, uh, I, is that everything that I'm, that everyone wants to say about it? Is that, uh, I think we, I think we pretty much covered all the bases when it comes yeah. to Blast of Tempest. Alright, um, and with that, we're going to, uh, we're going to give our final scores for the show. Uh, Spencer, how about you do the honors and, uh, give your score? First. Okay, um, I'm going to give Blast of Tempest an 8 out of 10. It is, and I'm going to give it one of the most firm and solid 8 out of 10s I've given in anime. This anime is great, and if you have not seen this anime... Do yourself the fa a favor and watch it, because it's well worth your time. However, with the tree stuff and the beginning being a bit slow and Tessima doing nothing, I can't give it anything higher than an ace. Eh. However, it's a solid ace, and if one of those was missing, the ending would bump it up to probably an 8.5 to close to a 9. Hmm. Alright, that, that's wonderful. Adam, what is uh, your score? I give it... You know, a 7 out of 10. Spencer makes a lot of good points, but the show isn't that good. It's 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 a good show. You can't dispute that, but obviously the first seven episodes, they practically cripple the show from being great. It's just, it's so slow and so just tedious that you just want to get it over with. If there wasn't important story-related stuff, I would just suggest skipping the first seven episodes and starting episode eight, but you can't because, you know, it, it's a show. But it, it's a solid seven out of ten for me. The fight scenes are great. The animation's great. Everything looks great. The music's fantastic. It's just the first seven episodes, basically, that, that bring the show... Uh, down from an 8. So my final score is going to be uh, a strong, a strong 7 out of 10. A, a, a beefy 7. A thick 7. Thick with two C's 7. Thick. Alright. Alright, so uh, let's go to Shane. Uh, back from the grave. For one last time, bringing him back from the grave. Uh, Shane, what was your score for Blast of Tempest? You know, it isn't, it isn't perfect, by any means. There's a lot of stupid bullshit in regards to storytelling at certain points, and I was not a fan of what I felt was the uh, pretentious Shakespeare references. But in the end, I did very much enjoy the show uh, for having great characters, a well-told story, and some really fantastic presentations, so I'm, I'm going to give it an 8, too. Well, Shane, uh, that that's a wonderful, wonderful score that we'll see in uh, the uh, that I'm pretty sure that actually most of us agree with. Yeah, I'm giving this a very strong eight. I think that the only thing bringing it down for me pretty much is the fact that there's a major tonal discrepancy in the middle, and it's annoying. Uh, the show, uh, the, the 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 gears between the, the the transition between the first half and the second half is sloppy and really messy and it's it it definitely feels like a 
it, it does something I find very annoying in shows. It feels like a second half. Like, have you ever watched, like, a show, and you're, like, in getting into, like, the second half of it, and it starts to feel like, yeah, this is a second half? Uh, that's what this feels like, and it's very, very jarring. Uh, but other than that, I pretty much had no significant issues outside the tree stuff. So this is a very strong 8 out of 10 from me. I really, really enjoyed this. And with that, uh, before we get done, uh, it's time to reveal what uh, the next uh, featured anime will be. And the next featured anime will be a series I've been wanting to, I personally have been wanting to cover for a very long time on the show. Uh, ever, ever since we started, and I'm happy to cover it as a second second season of it will be premiering um, as we're recording this in two days um, on Adult Swim, um, and that is the anime classic FLCL, also known as Fooly Cooly. Uh, there is literally no excuse for anyone watching this who have not seen Fooly Cooly. It is six episodes long, um, and it's literally take up two hours of your time. It's perfect for binging. It's a great show. Go de definitely go watch it before we uh, before we go uh, before we cover it. And with that, I think we're pretty much done here. So uh, so uh, my name is Legionx, aka Matt, and I am your host. Uh, with me, I have Spencer. Yep, that's me. Yeah, and, and it's Spencer and and the uh, and, uh, and the uh, the communist himself, Adam. Duh. Death to capitalism. I, I don't know what else to say. Death to capitalism. That's how we end the episode, is just death to Man, capitalism. Man, if you're a capitalist, don't watch this anime. I mean, also don't watch this anime, but also don't watch this podcast. You know what? Don't watch anything. D just don't watch any anything. If you're a fan of capitalism, There's don't support There's no ethical capitalism. consumption under capitalism um, besides ass. There you go. We're ending on that. Ass. And ending on that, uh, I hope everyone is having a wonderful day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Gap. If you like what you've seen, you can subscribe to The Gap Podcast YouTube channel to get the latest podcasts as they go live. Be sure to like and comment and let us know what you guys think of the show. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Go, get the go.